welcome back to the Masters EMP. I'm Tyler. I'm Gretchen. We have covered a little bit about our life in ministry in the last two podcasts, but just to catch you up to date with where we are right now, uh, Gretchen and I, we have served overseas cross-culturally for the past 15 years. Uh, We've lived in three different continents, uh, four if you include North America, We have seen a lot of ministry paradigms. We've been involved in several different uh, ministry paradigms, and we have learned. We've learned a lot about what not to do from us. Yes. Yeah, from our own experience. (laughs) And then learned a lot about how God is working in other areas around the world through through his servants that we've met across the globe and, and have been super encouraged by that. And the more that we did ministry and the more that we focused on expositional teaching from the Word of God, the more dedicated we became to focusing on preaching the one true gospel. Consequently, we became a whole lot less dogmatic about the methodology. Mm -hmm. Uh, So narrowed the focus on the gospel, how we're getting the gospel out. I feel like that's a lot more fluid. I think historically we can see that being the case too. And in this podcast, what we want to do is keep Christ as center. And we've talked about that before, but we want to emphasize that, that we want to make Jesus the focus, and the gospel is the foundation of everything we believe and teach. Um, And we're going to share with you some of our own experiences and observations, but just to be clear, we believe in one God, one Savior, Jesus Christ, and one gospel. But we also strongly believe that the Lord has uniquely gifted individual members of his church to play special roles in fulfilling the Great Commission. We're we're all different. We're supposed to be different. And that's something we got to celebrate and encourage, not discourage that. So that's why we have decided to name this podcast the Master's EMP. EMP stands for Eclectic Missions Perspective, because we are going to share a lot of missions perspectives, a lot of different models, a lot of different ideology that is out there, But the gospel is going to remain center. Mm -hmm. So as you're hearing us talk and sharing with you some of our ideas and experiences, and we bring in other people to share with us their ideas and experiences, we may not even agree with all of the methodology as being the best way to do it. But I think it's healthy for us to get an eclectic perspective on this. It's sort of a mosaic of the gospel, how God has pieced us all together. And that's what we hope to accomplish through this podcast. Uh, So whether you are in vocational ministry or serving in a local church, living overseas or in your home country, we want to encourage you to see the value of every member of the body Mm -hmm. and become more motivated to make Christ known by abiding in him and allowing him to develop you into the person that he's created you to be. Now, on our podcast, some of our topics will, will give you some insight to the life of a missionary or a person living and working overseas, what they deal with, what their struggles are. We want to be able to be open and honest with you about that from our own experience and then also what we what we have learned from other people. And then there are other topics that, that we address that we hope will be more practical ways for you to apply the gospel to your own life and help you recognize and fulfill your part in the Great Commission. Well, today, we hope to do a little bit of both. So let's talk about culture shock and the relation between culture shock and the COVID effects. We can call this the COVID shock. COVID shock. Yeah. 
COVID shock. Yeah. I think COVID needs shock somehow. I don't know what. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's the 19th go around, and now we're shocked by it. Yes. So, yeah, COVID shock. All right, this is a very interesting time for us to be back in the States. Uh, we just got back at. I don't know how many months ago. It all blurs together, and I think this is the case for everybody. I think we've been back in the States for like six months. Or six years. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, this. What was that that we heard online uh, this last month has been the longest year of my life? Yes. Yeah, that's how it feels, having returned to the States in this condition. And yet, and yet there's something strangely familiar about the mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. here. And uh, we, we couldn't quite put our finger on it at first, but... We are noticing a lot of similarities between what culture shock is like for someone living overseas and what a lot of Americans are experiencing right now. I don't know if you've noticed this, but people are kind of on edge right now. Just a little. Just a little. A little nutso every now and then. Uh, (laughs) A little easier for people to snap. I've seen more fights in the store in America. I know. Actually, I was... Used to that where we were living, but now that's not normal here. But I guess it is now. Yeah, it's it's the new normal. The new normal here in America. Actually, we, I've only seen a couple, but still, it's still shocking. The fact that we're seeing public fights are ridiculous. It's anyway. Ohio, not Boston. Exactly. The Midwest people. Come on, the Midwest. Some laid back farmers. At least they used to be. No longer the pacifists that they were known for in the past. But uh, yeah, when we first back, came back, we, we kind of laughed because everything was shut down. And if you had to get your food, you had to like order it and go eat it in secret. And you couldn't be out in public <laughs> during the day. And we're like, oh, America's going through Ramadan. This is what it's like to, to experience Ramadan uh, yes. in, in countries where that is the dominating culture. Yep. One month out of the year, that's how it's like. And then you have other culture shock that you're dealing with on, on the mission field. And uh, when I talk to people, I hear a lot of frustration in how simple everyday tasks now seem to take longer and people are getting exhausted. Well, I think one of um, my friends on Facebook, a good friend of mine from where we were living, mentioned that she realized she was feeling the same way that she did when she was living overseas and when she went through culture shock and that it just hit her one day. This feels a lot this just feels familiar. And so she had kind of come up with that on her own. Um, and then it, it hit me. She's right. This is very similar. And then now, since then, we've read a art- couple of articles. Yeah. We've heard different um, doctors actually talk about it. So mm-hmm. it is it is a real thing. And it is a very similar experience. Yeah. I mean, this isn't something that we just came up with ourselves. It is something we noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have heard a lot of people talk about this this subject about what is going on in our brains right now. There's a really good article that Gretchen and I both read uh, by Peter Olson. There's a website, alifeoverseas.com. I'd encourage you to check that out. They have a lot of really good material and mm-hmm. things that will help you understand what it's like for people living overseas. But the article that that Peter Olson wrote was called COVID and Culture Shock Feel the Same to Your Brain. And I'm going to give you a brief summary of it right now, but I encourage you to go read the whole thing. But basically what he says as he studies medicine and has talked to other doctors and people who know this field is that your brain requires glucose sugars. It, It requires glucose to function. And typically... 
in a normal day for us, we use, he said, the analogy that he uses is autopilot. He says, we use autopilot a lot. A lot of things that we take for granted, we don't even think about it. I mean, sometimes you can drive to work and you don't remember how you got to work. I mean, you got there and you got there safely. It was like a 15, 20 minute drive. You get out of your car and think, how did I get here? I don't remember any of it. I just know that I got here. That's autopilot. There's some things that we do every single day of our life without even thinking about it because we've developed those habits. But what happens is when you are in a new environment and the old rules don't apply, you are using more brain power, more glucose to function than, than before. So you're running on pilot. So now you have got to turn it over to the pilot. And that is exhausting because you only have so much glucose to use. You only have so much energy that you have stored up to, to function in that way. And so what happens is, is that now all of a sudden everything that was normal and familiar to you before has changed. And so simply going to the grocery store isn't just, I'm going to go down aisle A15 and pick up the item that I need. You've got to think as you're walking into the store, did I remember to bring my mask? And if I didn't, is it back in the car or do I have to drive all the way back home? I already came all the way out here and now I'm not even sure I have a mask. I'm not even sure I'm allowed in here. I wonder if I go in, what's going to happen? If they, anybody approaches me, if they even if they even so much as look at me and judge me for not having a mask right now, so help me, I'm going to go off on them and make such a big scene, they'll regret that they ever did it, right? Mm-hmm. Or then maybe you run into somebody that you know, even a family member. We, we've experienced this recently. We saw family members that we haven't seen in years. Mm-hmm. And our natural instinct is run up and hug them. Right. But you can't. Don't do that. (laughs) You you can't do that in in this in this setting right now. You can't do it. It's understandable and excusable when it happens. I think people forgive you for hugs. People are very gracious when it comes to that. But you have to think about it. Is the point? You have to think about: Is this person okay with me being close to them? Am I am I contagious? Am I sort of an asymptomatic person carrying around the virus? How do I express that I care about them, but not care too much to where it offends them? Um, it, it just throws off all of our norms. And so now we have to really think about what we're doing. And that takes a lot of energy. Yep. And in his article, he compares it to a two-year-old. If you think about toddlers, toddlers are constantly learning new things. Nothing is familiar to them. They're constantly on pilot mode. They are, they're observing their environment. They're picking up on social cues. They're learners. And they need a lot more sleep. They need naps. They need sleep. (laughs) They need snacks throughout the Mm -hmm. day. They need to refuel themselves. Otherwise, they get cranky. Mm -hmm. They get hangry. Yep. And that's what's going on with most of us going through this COVID shock. Just a bunch of toddlers. Just a bunch of toddlers. (laughs) Overgrown toddlers. With not the, enough snacks. Not a, that's exact. Not enough snacks and naps. Right. Naps. That's more naps and that snacks. Life so much better. Although I think COVID produced a lot more naps and snacks than I people wanted. But because of our old culture, everybody's ashamed to admit it. Exactly. And nobody will let you know it. They're they're going to go study <laughs> alone for a few hours, uh, or do whatever they can to to try to to energize themselves. And sadly, I think a lot of us don't know enough about ourselves to recognize these signs of stress of what's going on. 
I mean, you, again, you go into a restaurant and you got to remember when you're supposed to wear a mask, right? You walk in the doors, you have to have a mask on. But as soon as you sit down, you can take the mask off. And then when you go to leave, you forget to put the mask back on and it's somewhere in your purse and you can't find it. And you realize later on, I was supposed to be wearing a mask all this time. That's right. And <laughs> Until now, you walk outside and then you're fine. And now you're endangering everybody because <laughs> evidently COVID only spreads when you're standing. Because when you're right. sitting, you're totally safe. How does this make sense? It doesn't. No. But that's what it's like to go through culture shock on the field. You're going into a new environment and all of the social norms don't are, make sense. They don't make sense to you. They really don't. And you start wondering, like, why is this offensive? Yeah. Why? It seems ridiculous. Why are these people so weird? Why, why are they <laughs> abiding by these rules that make no sense to anybody? This is the most ridiculous, most inefficient culture I've ever experienced. And this is what's <laughs> going on in your mind because... You are now subjected. I think it's the hardest part uh, when you go into an environment and you don't know what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Even coming back in the States, it feels like that. This is what we call reverse culture shock. We're not sure what's acceptable and what isn't. We're not sure how to even make doctor's appointments. We're not sure if, if like we show up. Can we get in and see the doctor when we call a doctor and they say we're not taking new patients? And then it's COVID, so that and, yeah, and everything. And now it's COVID, so my kids need vaccinations to go to school, but they don't have a pediatrician, but no pediatrician's taking any new, new patients, and the emergency room is not going to take them, and the urgent care is not going to take them because that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. So... What do you do? You're, you're, you're trying to figure all these things out. This is in America, but when you go overseas, it's the same thing. And this is what, this is what missionaries and most people who are immersed in a foreign culture experience. It's not that the culture is bad. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to understand. Well, even to mention Ronnie Pruitt's, um, she's a professor at CIU and she wrote her dissertation on culture shock and her definition was, what culture shock is just a reaction to change. Right. And that's what she discovered through her studies. Right. And so that's that's what a lot of us are, are going through. This is textbook culture shock. Mm -hmm. It's change shock right. is what it is, is, is what uh, Ronnie said in, in the lecture mm -hmm. talking about this, is that we're trying to navigate through very unfamiliar waters right now. And the tendency for us is to say it's bad because right. we don't like it. Right. I love this because, again, we're going back acting like toddlers. And my, my, my <laughs> child who's four years old and everybody who has had everybody who's had a four-year-old or younger or maybe mm -hmm. even teenagers, honestly, I think it goes all the <laughs> way up. You deal with this, uh, this misunderstanding about fair. Right. You know, kind of, well, that's not fair. What's not fair? Well, my teacher gave my friend... A candy bar because my friend did what the teacher asked that's not fair no I don't think you understand son what fair means like <laughs> your friend earned that candy bar that's that's fair what I think you mean is I don't like that because I didn't get a candy bar right. all right so we tend to ascribe morality to things that we just don't understand or don't like and that's what happens with culture shock and as I mentioned before now you're subjected to that culture in the sense that you are the outsider now. And this culture is not wrong. You want to say that it's wrong because it's different than what you're used to. 
But the culture itself is pretty, in most cases, pretty neutral. There are some things that are very anti-Christ in, right. in some cultures. But for the most part, culture is culture. It's a way of life. It's a, it's a collective understanding of, of how the world functions and how people interact with each other. There are a lot of social norms involved in that. But because we come from a very different world and a different worldview and perspective, it's hard for us to understand that. And what happens often is that that adds a lot of stress. And we ascribe morality to that almost always in saying, it's wrong. It's bad. This is, this is ridiculous. I can't believe that people do things this way. And we're experiencing culture shock. We're experiencing change shock. Um, and this stress can be severely detrimental to a person in the long term. Um, we, we've heard stress is an okay thing. You need stress to stay alive. You don't have mm -hmm. stress, you're probably dead. Uh, but like a rubber band needs a little stress to keep working, otherwise it dry rots. We need some of that in our life. But if you stress it too much without any kind of relief, it's going to snap. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens a lot to people on the field. Mm -hmm. They don't even realize they're going through culture shock. Yeah. When you're in it, you, do, you don't realize you're in it. Even if you've experienced it in the past, um, sometimes you can see some signs if you're, if you're more self-aware. But at the same time, you don't feel it. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't. I think that culture shock. And I'm not the first one to say this, but I think culture shock is kind of a misnomer. Right. Uh, one is shock gives you the idea that something quick and, and it's over. intense and then it's over. That, that isn't how right. it works. And it isn't just culture, it's change. Right. It's, like, it's like change stress. But right. just to keep it within the terms that we've used for decades now, mm -hmm. uh, culture shock is, is intense. Mm -hmm. But it also is a lot like frog in water that it can kind of creep up on you when you don't realize it. And you have to start seeing signs and acknowledging that you might be experiencing... Some stress, some sh some shock. Not excusing your actions, but right. recognize them. Once you recognize them and you name them, you have some power over them. Right. And so the first thing you need to realize, this is normal. Mm -hmm. So talking to people who are going through COVID shock, all right, this is normal, what you're experiencing. Those of you who are living in a foreign culture and that stress that you're feeling, that brain fog that you're experiencing, this is normal. The fact that you are feeling more exhausted than ever before doing things that you used to be able to do on autopilot and not mm -hmm. think about, this is normal under change and pretty big change to well, our, our culture. And especially when you're thinking, you're adding language on top of that. Your brain is taking on a new language and everything you do to function is going to involve this new language. Mm -hmm. You're using up your oh, yeah. pilot big time, super fast. Yeah, I remember... So, I remember every time we went through through language school, yes. I would have almost like flu-like symptoms sometimes. Yes. I'd be, Aches. I would physically be hurting. Yes. And I would just have to lie down. And I, I felt terrible. I remember feeling just terrible thinking, why am I so lazy? What is my problem? All I did was go to language school for four hours today. <laughs> yeah. What is my deal? Yeah. you want, But it's physically exhausting. You feel like you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. 
some, you feel like something is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Why does it take so much more effort now to do normal everyday activities? And why am I constantly forgetting things? Right. Why do I feel like I'm stumbling through my day in mental fog? Or why am I so irritable all the time and so grumpy? Why don't I enjoy the things that I used to love? Right. I mean, these, these are signs that you're experiencing culture shock. Now, right now, we're, we're living in a, a rare scenario uh, in which people living in their home cultures are actually experiencing this, right. experiencing what all missionaries and people living overseas go through on a regular basis. And so, in a sense, there are things, there are things that you can do that will help you navigate through COVID shock, but hopefully this will give you an idea and help you really relate to missionaries mm-hmm. who are going through this on the foreign field. I mean, we are taking people who are doing a difficult job. Ministry is difficult dealing with with people in general all the time and all of the different issues that that brings into a, a situation. But you're also sending people to do this difficult job in the absolute most difficult environment possible, something mm-hmm. incredibly foreign to them. And he, even here in the States, as much as we're going through COVID shock, we can still make phone calls in our native language. Right. We don't have to think a whole lot about our language. Well, I mean, maybe some people have to control it a little bit more. <laughs> but, but for the most part, we can still communicate and get around. And if you're in a completely foreign country, you're not even able to commu- communicate the most basic ideas. You really feel... Like a little kid again. It is humiliating Mm -hmm. on top of being exhausting and frustrating. But just like there's hope for people struggling with this overseas, there's hope for all of us here going through COVID shock here in America. I'm not going to give you all of the answers here. One, I don't have all the answers. But I'm going to share with you just a few things that I have learned in dealing with culture shock myself and also helping other people deal with culture shock. And I think it will help people here now going through COVID. One thing is, is that a major component to culture shock or change shock is just simply processing grief. Because mm-hmm. what's happening is we are experiencing a lot of loss. We're experiencing a loss of what our culture used to be. We're mm-hmm. experiencing, in some cases, loss of jobs loss of families, loss of relationships, loss of experiences. There have been a lot of people who haven't been able to to graduate. We have kids going back to school, having to social distance, can't even eat lunch right. with each other. If they're even allowed back in school, they're trying to go through things that used to just be normal that we would take for granted. And now, now all of it is just crazy. Yeah. And so what's happened is we have had a lot of loss and we have to recognize that We've lost things, and it's mm-hmm. okay to recognize that, and, and it's okay to allow yourself to feel that emotion right. of being sad over having lost some of these things. Yeah. And, and you, need to, you need also to see some of the signs that you're going through culture shock, and it's not the same for everybody. I think that's one thing that I, I really wanted to emphasize with the guys that I worked with because a lot of us went through training that was very formulaic. Yes. That that said, well, bless God, what you need to do is just read your Bible more, pray more, just 
put on your boots and get out there and just work hard because people supporting you work 40 to 60 hours a week. So you need to put in a minimum of 60 to 70 hours a week and just push through this thing and, and don't be a, a big baby and a big whiner. Well, that's going to push you right into burnout. Right. And that's going to happen here, too, with people if they don't acknowledge that they're going through a type of shock or stress due to this change. So just some basic things that you can start recognizing as warning signs for you. Like I said, it's not the same for everybody. But for you, if you start noticing that you are becoming more hypercritical of yourself and of other people, you might be under this type of stress. When you start developing more commonly a victim mentality, it feels like the world is against you, your family is against you, everything is working against you, that's a good, that's a good sign you might be experiencing the stress. When you become a lot more competitive or obsessed with achieving things and, and finding your identity and what you can do, and this is hard for people because right now, what can you do? Right. I mean, I figured out how to work Zoom in the last few months, you know? <laughs> so when you feel yourself just craving that competition and that desire to, to achieve, to give yourself a sense of value, you're probably experiencing the stress. When you withdraw and avoid people, you avoid responsibilities. When you become hyper-analytical and numb to spiritual issues. When you become hyper-vigilant or fearful and find yourself struggling with anxiety when you become restless and try to distract yourself with something new and exciting, when you're not following through with important commitments, when you're giving in to the savior complex and trying to control your environment, control your family and everything within your within your world and try to protect everything that's yours and you and, and those who are around you, when you find yourself trying to please everybody, when you are are trying to create your own environment of peace, you're manufacturing that yourself. These are signs that you're, you're struggling. You're struggling with this. And when you see it happening in other people around you and your family members, recognize that sign. I would not advise you to point it out because it doesn't <laughs> usually end well if you point Don't it out. Like, go there. But you're, you're being a lot more hypercritical than you used to be. Or uh, <laughs> I noticed you've really been controlling lately. All right. That, that doesn't usually work out very well. But you can see that in people. And if you know them, you need to also know ways that that they can get help. Mm -hmm. you, you don't just recognize the signs of culture shock. You need to realize that we're all unique and we have we have unique needs right. and in ways that we cope with stress. Right. We went through and one of these days we talked about it. We, we may do an entire podcast on on Myers-Briggs. Yes. That was super helpful for us. Yes. That one was helpful with our culture stress when we were in the thick of it. I think when we discovered that, realized for aspects of that that were so helpful in knowing our tendencies and knowing what we tended to do under stress and how to help each other mm -hmm. and to know that about your spouse or to know that about, you know, your family is just helpful to know what they might need. Yeah. So there's a lot in there to talk about. I think it would take yep. a whole other podcast at least. I think so too. And it would be worth it to go through it because yeah. it would be it would be very helpful, I think, practically mm -hmm. for us. The book that that we benefited from was called From Stress to Best. And it's not like this fantastically written book. Mm -hmm. It's not even in Kindle. I mean, who doesn't no. put things on Kindle? I know. But it was really helpful because it was super practical and things that we learned was, for example, not everybody 
benefits from being alone when they're under stress. Right. I'm an introvert, and so <laughs> under stress, what I need to do is to be alone and gather my thoughts. I, I, I'll, I'll pray, I'll read, I'll study. I need that alone time, and that energizes me. Gretchen, however... <laughs> I love the idea of being alone. You love the idea of being alone, but it and isn't. And I do love being alone, but only for a short amount of time. Right. And it <laughs> isn't necessarily the best idea when you're going through stress. Well, especially or, if I've been know, home with kids all day. Yeah, well. So I've pretty much been alone all day. That's not alone. And then I, well, alone-ish. Not the <laughs> fun alone. I don't know. <laughs> it is fun sometimes. All of, all of us who have kids know this. What but. happened early on in our marriage, when I mean early on, I mean like for like the first 10 years, uh, was that, and we learned this from, from Stress the Best. No, it probably wasn't that long. But we, we actually learned this from Stress the Best. This yes. is when lights started coming on, is that people tend to to flip their, their personalities when they're under stress. Yes. And if they don't realize they're going through this stress, they may actually misdiagnose themselves, first of all. Which I did. Their personality is different than what they think it is because they're actually living under stress and their personalities have switched and so when when you would be under a lot of stress or discouraged you would withdraw and being an extrovert normally your healthy self wants to be out there with people you're energized by people but then you would just want to withdraw and be alone but being the sympathetic husband that i was and (laughs) introverted myself i thought fantastic idea yes go be alone get alone with the lord lock yourself in your room for a few hours this is what i need of course this is what you need it wasn't what you needed (laughs) and i i I was always shocked that you coming out worse off than when you went in (laughs) thinking i have no idea how to help i don't know what is going on but the the reason that that book helped us was because we were living under a lot of stress at the time we had just moved to a new country a lot of things went wrong and then we had a new baby, and that is not an easy thing to do at the same time that you're in a new country. So we were under long-term stress, and so to go out to do anything that would normally bring um, relieve stress, I think for me it was more stressful, and there was there was fear of that. I just was afraid of even more stress than I was already feeling, and so all of that, when we were able to see each in that book it explains each Myers Briggs personality it would explain what that personality looks like under stress and that's how we recognized <laughs> because i was more stressed than i was not stressed so that's how we recognized my actual Myers Briggs that's why that book was so helpful so maybe it wouldn't necessarily be as helpful to people but if you're under stress that book will help yeah absolutely and it gives good advice on some practical things that you can do it's not a christian book So it's not going to hit the spiritual aspect of it all, but some very practical things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And it it is not contrary to scripture. It is something that we found to be very, very helpful and incorporating the word of God and prayer into into this really. It was it was a game changer. Yes. A life changing experience for us. So recognizing signs that you're under stress is really important. And and then knowing what you need as an individual. Of course, you need communion with God. You need community with believers. You need the word of God and to fill yourself with that. Of course, you need those things. But the way that you feed yourself is not going to be exactly the same way that I do or other people do. And we need to have wisdom and recognize that we're different in those areas. So we could go on. We could talk about this 
I think for another hour or so, <laughs> but we will we will spare you. That's right. Uh, that 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 long conversation and and just state again when you see these warning signs in your own life, recognize that you are under stress and that you cannot solve this problem on your own. Mm-hmm. You need Christ. You need the Lord to work in you. Acknowledge that you are grieving loss. Allow yourself to feel those emotions. You can look in the Psalms and see the Psalms of lament, and you can let it out and tell the Lord. I wouldn't go tell everybody else in your world yes. all your problems. Well, that one class that I, I attended a class, we got to go to a member care conference, and one of the classes um, that someone taught him, I can't remember his name right now, um, but he was a certified counselor. And he talked about David and the Psalms and writing the Psalms of Lament. And his explanation was, it just blew me away because I had never quite seen it this way before, but that David wrote Psalms that were, that sounded so bad that this counselor would have to actually check this box to say that he was probably homicidal (laughs) um, and turn that in if he were to visit his office. But what David did was he was taking all those deep emotions and feelings to the Lord and to see what David looked like in his actions and compare them to his Psalms was so drastically different. But that's what happens when we take those things to the Lord and that Mm -hmm. that's what God wants is for us to pour our hearts out in the same way. That's why he gave us so many examples. I can't remember the number of how many of the Psalms or laments. There's a, it's a large percentage. Approximately a lot. Approximately a lot. So (laughs) we can look that up. But um, I just remember that really hit home to me how important that is to pour our hearts out honestly and openly to the Lord because he wants to hear from us. He knows it anyway. So we're not hiding anything from him, but to really just get it out. And when we take it to the right person, he changes our heart and allows us to act like David towards Saul, how he would never hurt Saul, even though all of his psalms sounded like he would, but he would never actually do that because he had taken it to to God and God changed him. So that's what he does through prayer. And so he's the one to turn to. Yeah. So we need to know the signs of our stress and then also know how to address those. Physical signs, emotional signs, interpersonal relationships. We need to see what is going on and seek help from the Lord specifically. There, there are a couple things practically that we can do. One is be intentional. That's for you, Travis. Be intentional, <laughs> but not obsessed about okay. caring for your body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. There is there is a line to be yes. between caring for yourself and then being obsessed over yourself. So that's something you need to have discernment in. I think but, for, for me, one of the things was, and I think for everyone, getting enough sleep, all of those things, but also being careful of what you're feeding yourself on social media, politics. True. I try to stay away from all of that. That's a really good point. Just, you know, there's so many parallels between the physical and spiritual. Yes. Uh, we, we realize when we're under stress or when we are physically ill, eating a bunch of candy is probably not a good idea. <laughs> things It's just a bunch of junk food. Right. But we also fill fill our mind and our spirit with a bunch of junk food that we're, right. we're intaking. And I am not going to be preaching against things you're watching. And I'm not going to even meddle in all that. Right. But if we have a constant junk food diet. Of COVID news and updates and 
statistics and then politics, all of those things. And so the advice on us, the advice that we got, we actually got it from Grief Share. I love Grief Share. And they mm-hmm. specifically focus on people who have lost loved ones. But ways to to help process grief, they, they use the acronym DEER, D-E-E-R. Pay attention to what you drink, to what you eat, to your exercise and rest. You need those things. Your diet, exercise, and rest are vital. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you need to have a healthy diet, good exercise, and rest. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those ways spiritually is how are you feeding yourself in your mother tongue? And this is where I would really encourage missionaries because I've heard people say, don't read your Bible in, in English if you're going to be working in a foreign language. Learn to read the Bible in their language and do all of your your quiet time or your devotions in that other language and don't read your Bible in English anymore. That's like, well, that's the worst advice. I'm going to bluntly say it as terrible advice because you are trying to feed yourself from a language that isn't your heart language and God speaks your heart language. And you're starving yourself. You are starving yourself. Read your Bible in your heart language. Let God speak to you. The problem is is that we focus on productivity and we think we equate productivity with value and spirituality. And it's just a devastating folly. So feed yourself. Feed yourself good food physically, but feed yourself spiritually in in your mother tongue. And Olson, on his post, if you want to go read it, I'll just give you the points that he gives in helping you through COVID shock specifically. He says, one, eliminate options. All right, limit your choices. Two, routine is your friend. Try to find a way to get routine if you can. Three, reduce input. All right, your brain needs a break. Mm -hmm. So just if there's any way that you can do things that are more routine and you can run on autopilot, do that more often. You, You need to reduce input and then talk about what you're experiencing externalize what's going on inside. And if you don't have someone to talk to, journal it uh, mm-hmm. or pray. Obviously, praying is a way to externalize that and get it out, get it to the Lord. So recognize recognize the signs of what you're going through. Recognize what you need. Trust in God's love and care for you. He's with you. He is no further from you and me than he was before all this happened. Right. And the same with missionaries overseas. God is with you. He loves you. He's there. You may not feel like it, but he's there. He's working and trust in that. Get accountability. Mm-hmm. Bear one another's burdens. We need community. And so for those of you who are going through COVID shock here in America, hopefully some of these things will help you. And we'll talk probably more about personalities and the way that we process grief and some of the things that we can do to help ourselves when we start seeing these signs. But also recognize that your missionaries overseas are going through a lot. They're experiencing COVID too. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they're going through all this stuff in a completely foreign context. They have all types of physical, emotional, and spiritual opposition going on in their life in the middle of all of this culture shock, this stress, this constant unfamiliar world that they're navigating through. And they're they're going head to head Mm -hmm. with spiritual powers and principalities that the Bible tells us. 
And so they need your prayers. They need you to reach out to them, to care for them, to be their community, to be a safe person. You may not understand all that they're going through. You don't have to. But it's so nice to have someone that is safe just to talk to and be Mm -hmm. able to express what is going on without the sense of being judged or that you're going to lose all of your support and be abandoned on the field, which unfortunately a lot of people struggle with that. It's a, a volatile world and it feels unstable, especially when you are overseas, cut off from everything you're familiar with. So remember your missionaries and in, in your prayers and remember them in person. Contact them and reach right. out to them. They need that community. Definitely. Well, hopefully that was helpful. And we will be talking more about this later on. But if you have any questions, please feel free to write us at omar at globalfellowship.org. But with that... Thank you for tuning in. And I forgot to add, it is no longer iTunes. I was wrong. Oh, you don't have to confess. <laughs> no, but I did want to say, we. I think we can add the link in the show notes. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> so I'm going to say that. <laughs> so we can add the link to that blog post in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And it is now officially iTunes podcast. Nope. No. Apple Podcast. <laughs> I can't get it right. I have a mom brain. But I think it used to be iTunes. But now we don't know. Nobody really knows what it used to be. At least that's what it was in my mind. But it has disappeared off the face of the earth. It is now Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast it is. So I wanted to clarify. Yeah. Tyler so was right. That's not very normal. Omar, whatever you want to go by right now. Yeah. However I'm feeling. So. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel... A lot of healing and very refreshed <laughs> so right glad. now. Yeah. And um, that, I think we could just end with that. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you again for tuning in with us. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a review. And we would love to hear from you sometime soon. But until next time, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.